Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. Over the years, I have people that have told me stories about uh, going to games at Sulphurdale and either seeing the circus or a wrestling match, or I think at one time they had dog racing there. But when I have stories told to me from the 30s, I don't think anybody ever has really related to me a story of being at Sulphurdale in the 20s, although I have read some of those in the newspaper. Certainly, uh, we're getting past uh, the opportunity for fans who actually saw games at Sulphurdale in the 30s. And if you know someone who would have, certainly get them to contact me in some way. But when I first put Sulphurdale.com on the internet, I had people write me and tell me their memories. And some of those great ones are from the 30s. And here's a few I want to read to you. I remember I was a fan of the Vols from June 1936. On the first game I ever saw was when first baseman Jimmy Wasdale got his jaw broken by a pitch. We went to many a game on Saturday, riding the bus to the ballpark and getting in free because it was Children's Day, buying a Pepsol and a scorecard. Now, Pepsol was a cola drink, I believe. I think it was I think it was made in Nashville, actually. I still have cinders in my knee from the time I slipped and fell in the parking lot. The parking lot next to the ballpark had a the whole um, parking lot was made out of cinders and gravel and other things like that. But I remember it being real dark. And it goes on to say, the first time I saw another ballpark in Memphis, I wondered why it had a level right field. Nashville's Sulphurdale had a, had a right field fence that if a player was, right fielder was standing at the base of the fence, his feet were 22 and a half feet above the playing surface. That was sent to me by Annette Levi Ratkin from Nashville. Another one said, I remember once in the very early 30s, I held the lucky number scorecard. I won a steak dinner and a great baseball board game. My dad must have eaten the steak, but at age 10, I had many happy hours playing that game back home in Springfield with my neighborhood friends. Today, when he wrote this, I am 81 years old, but I would still like to play that baseball game and go see the Vols play the Memphis Chicks, the Chattanooga Lookouts, the Knoxville Smokies, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Little Rock Pebbles, the Birmingham Barons, or the Atlanta Crackers. Now, the Little Rock Pebbles is kind of a comedy name for Little Rock uh, travelers, Little Rock is a pebble. Get it? And he also said, I also remember my dad was amused and in the agreement when a sports writer wrote that Lance Richburg, he was the player manager at one time for Nashville, played the right field dump like a mountain goat. And that's kind of a comical uh, relation to players in the outfield on those outfield hills having to play like a mountain goat. That story came from Robert Chilton in Bryan, Texas. And another one says, I remember attending ball games in the Dell in the late 1930s and early 1940s. In addition to the other ball players already mentioned, I remember Johnny Mihalik, Woody Johnson, Wee Willie Duke, Bill Rada, Tookie and Charlie Gilbert. Tookie Gilbert was Larry Gilbert's son, so was Charlie. And they called him Tookie because when he was a little boy, his older brothers, Larry and Charlie, got were calling him Rookie, and it came out Tookie from, uh, from Tookie, and that, the name stuck, and they always called him Tookie Gilbert. Ray Blameyer, Willie Rospond, and Skeeter McDaniel, and the list could go on and on. And that's from Joe Martin at, from Marvel, North Carolina. Then I received some that I received a few that, that hold special to my heart, and I, I'll tell you why in just a minute. This one came from Paul Thorin. T-H-O-R-E-N. I remember my grandfather, Byron Spies, Lord Byron, as he was referred to, 
saying that he played for the Vols from 1932 to 1938. You have a team photo showing him in 1937, and I did. I had I have some pictures, team pictures, and that one was certainly on the early days of Sulphurdale.com. He was the winningest pitcher for the Southern League in 1936 at 22 and nine. Mom has written some memoirs, and I believe that one of the player perks for performance was free Dr Pepper and other consumables. Paul Thorne, California. You know, when someone writes to me to tell me about their connection to Sulphurdale or to share a memory or two, I am honored. I still talk to people and see them at a ball game or church even, and people say a relative, a mom, a dad, or family, a member, uncle, grandfather who took them to Sulphurdale, certainly a family, family member. Often the memories are described in only a few words, like some of those that I just read, uh, like in an email. But... Every once in a while, I have received a handwritten letter, and one of the most descriptive ones came from Irene Spies Thorin some years ago, and I was so moved by her memory, I gave her a call, and we had a delightful discussion about her life and the years that her father spent playing for the Nashville Balls. During the call, she said, uh, during one season, there was a man who was 10 and a half feet tall. Now, she's talking about when she's four or five years old. And he sat over on the right side of home plate about halfway between there and the visitor's dugout. Even sitting down, he towered over everyone. My brother, Byron Franklin Spees, who passed away January 14th, 2002, and I would watch him to see if he cheered for us or the visitors. He cheered for the Vols. And I read a number of years later that he died at about the age of 30. Isn't it funny how you remember certain things when you were at four years old or five years old? And she she went on to tell me on that in that phone call. I remember Junie McBride warming up Dad. Now Junie McBride was uh, everybody's Mister Baseball in Nashville. He was a player, played a little bit of minor league ball, but mostly amateur ball. He was a leader. Uh, he was a member of our Old Timers Baseball Association. We selected him as Mister Baseball years ago, and even named the meeting room at Shelby Park the Junie McBride Old Timers me- Meeting Room. And everybody loved Junie. He used to tell me that he once told me when the old Sulphurdale back in the 20s that he would slide down the ice chute as a youngster to break into the to the ballpark. And he told me one time that he remembered the Pittsburgh Pirates coming to Nashville to play the Vols, and he went out on the field and somebody tossed him a glove. And it was Hannes Wagner, and he remembered how big his hands were. Uh, but going on to the Junie, she said, I know that I called for him before he went to spring training. This is She's back telling the story about her dad. By the time he left, I had a red hand because the catcher's mitt was well-worn and had a deep hole in the middle where the ball lodged. I maybe do know Junie, but it has been a long, long time since I was in Sulphurdale. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about Byron Spees. He was born in West Baden Springs, Indiana, on January the 6th, 1897. He was the youngest of five children. Uh, his father, Albert, was a farmer whose family was from Virginia, and his mother, Mary, was from Ohio. He began his baseball career in 1922 with Norfolk in the Nebraska State League, which was a Class D league, where he was 14-9 and nine as a pitcher before moving to Omaha in the Western League. He compiled a 26-14 and 14 record that next season and gained the eye of the Washington Senators, who signed him for the 1924 season. But playing sparingly, he was used in relief, and he gained his first start on the final day of the season against the Red Sox when he gave up 12 hits and a 13-1 loss. Well, Washington captured the pennant that year, one of the few, and faced the New York Giants in the World Series, but Spies was called on to pitch just once in Game 3 when he allowed three hits in his one inning. 
the, the Senators did go on to win over the Giants in seven games to take the World Series championship. And on December the 12th, Spieth was traded to Cleveland, where he appeared in 28 games the next season and finished 3-5. and five. But when he was optioned to Indianapolis after spring training in 1926, it would be a while before he'd return to the majors. He spent seven seasons in Nashville in, beginning in 1932. He joined the Nashville Vols and would remain on the pitching staff that whole time. Seven years, that's a long time to pitch for one team. His one loss record was 95-6, and six, pitching in 217 games and 1,159 innings. And during his best seasons in Nashville, he won 17, 22, 15, and again, 22 games. He was dubbed Lord Byron Spees by sports writers. And he was pretty talented. He was also used as a pinch hitter by his manager, who was Charlie Dressen most of the time while he was in Nashville. And he developed a technique with a fungal bat that would allow him to hit practice balls to fielders at precise locations. When he left Nashville, the submarine pitcher moved to the Northwest and finished his playing career with Portland and Seattle in the Class AA Pacific Coast League for six years. And he died on September 29, 1974 in Elgin, Oregon, and he was buried at Elgin Cemetery. Now, let me get back to the letter that his daughter Irene shared with me. It's, it's very special about her father's Nashville playing days. I remember when my dad played with the Vols in Nashville. I was in the fourth grade in 1932. We usually went to school in West Baden Springs, Indiana, and then traveled down to Nashville for the summer. And we did this every year up through 1937. We enjoyed going to home games. Mother would take us out of school early so we could get to the game a little before batting practice ended. We were allowed to have one 10-cent concession per game, and usually we chose popcorn. We would bet that this would be a ball or this would be a strike, a hit or a grounder, or a fly ball, or even a home run. We passed the popcorn back and forth during the game, and I remember the concession man who sold hot dogs walking through the grandstand singing, red hots, red hots, they're already ready and they're all red hot with a pickle in the middle and an onion on top, red hots, red hots. I spared you be singing that, and I don't know the tune. We got one of those to eat about once per week, she writes. I have such fond memories of Sulphurdale and the baseball games there. There was one ball game we played with the New Orleans team. They had a catcher named Charles P. George. He slid into second base on a hit and spiked the second baseman. Later in the game, one of our players slid into home and spiked him at the plate. Nothing was done by the umpires for this. Seemed fair to them, I expect. Some of the players I remember were Hank Lieber and Phil Weintraub, who went up to the major leagues from Nashville. Hank Lieber was so young and good-looking, I, of course, thought he was wonderful. I heard that a number of years later, he was hit in the head while at bat, and it caused major problems for him. That was before batting helmets were invented. Other players were manager Lance Richburg, Bill Rada, shortstop Ray Starr, pitcher James Brillhart, and others I forget today but will remember tomorrow. Her delightful story of watching her dad pitch for Nashville is classic, and I have held on to her letter since it arrived. And sadly, she passed away on March the 3rd, 2013. Now, if you go back to what I read earlier about Paul Thorin writing in about his grandfather, and he listed that he just lived in California. Not long after that, I, re I received another uh, memory from a man named Ken Knudsen, K-N-U-D-S-E-N. 
And he said, I remember stories about my grandfather, Bill Rada, who played for the Nashville Vols between 1932 through 1939. He was recognized for playing over a thousand games. I have articles and photos from his scrapbook. I have collected items from his Pacific Coast League days when he played for the San Francisco Missions between 1926 and 1931. Well, his great uncle was Bill Rada. He played nine seasons with Nashville after those seven seasons in the Pacific Coast League. And when Larry Gilbert came to Nashville for the 1939 season, uh, Rod had already been here eight years and Gilbert loved him and kept him on as a coach. He was a dependable infielder, kept him on as a player coach, and actually encouraged him to go into managing. And for the 1940 season, he encouraged Rodder to sign with Aniston. He knew there was an opening there in Nashville through Larry Gilbert, had a relationship with the Aniston team for players. But after the 1940 season, he retired and moved back to California. Well, Ken Knudsen wrote me and said he lived in Antioch, California. And I found out later that he and Paul Thorne only lived 15 miles apart, and their relatives were teammates. So I asked them if they could exchange phone numbers, and they did. I think they actually got together and had lunch once or twice and shared some of those clippings and stories that they remembered. And that's a really nice thing, and really something I'm real proud of, that I had something to do with that, not, not intentionally, but you know, just to be able to connect families together. I've said many times how much baseball has been a family sport so that people can enjoy it, sit in the stands and, and enjoy their families with them. I still see people posting things that they've got their kids and they're celebrating a birthday or, or some other event. But like I said before, people would always write me and say, my dad took me to a game. And I remember my grandfather and my dad taking me to a game. Well, if you have any memories you'd like to write and tell me about, or if you'd like to know more about a particular subject, certainly go to baseballinnashville.com and click on the contact page and fill out the little form there, and it'll come to me, and I'll read that and go from there. If you um, uh, want to email me directly, you can at 262downright at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to, to receive your emails as well. Thanks for listening in, and I hope to do this again soon. And if you're going to the game, enjoy the game. I always say nothing like going to a baseball game in Nashville or anywhere else. Thanks for joining me at Skip's Corner. <laughs>